Okay, uh, we're going to open the scriptures together now, and we're hanging out in Psalm 8 today. If you're reading the daily Bible reading with us, well done for making it through Chronicles. It was tough going at points, but we're pausing Chronicles now, end of 1 Chronicles. We're not going into 2 Chronicles yet. We're going to hang out in the Psalms for a month, so hopefully a little bit of relief for you as as we journey through the Psalms and, and we pause on Chronicles for a little while. But um, I want to encourage you, if you've been reading, keep going. If you haven't, get involved. This is a great place to start reading. The Psalms are a really great place to jump in and join in with us if you haven't been. And you can find all of that on um, our website. You can find the Bible readings there. And uh, yeah, just jump in. Um, and, and if you've been struggling with it, I want to encourage you. Uh, reading the Bible isn't necessarily about understanding everything that you read. Remember, he's God. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. If you try to fathom everything that he does, says, uh, you're never going to do it. Actually, we're called to be a people of faith and to trust that he is good and to trust that he is God and to trust in him. That doesn't stop us wanting to figure things out and get to know him and wrestle with that. That's good. Do that. Uh, But don't let it bear down on you when it gets too difficult or you don't understand, because actually the point of reading the scriptures isn't to fill yourself with knowledge, but is to fill yourself with him, to turn yourself and face towards him uh, and just see him more and more and more. And, And that's what happens when we read. We read a little bit every day. And it turns our hearts towards heaven and aligns us with him. And and that brings life and that brings hope. So keep going with that. Keep pressing in. Keep reading. Keep discovering more. Right. Like I say, we're going to be hanging out in Psalm chapter 8 today. So we're going to read that together. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honour. You have made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild and the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Okay, some context for you then about Psalm 8. So Psalm 8 is the first hymn that appears in the book of Psalms. If you look back, what you'll see is Psalm 1 and 2 are a bit of an introduction. um, And then Psalm 3 uh, through to Psalm 7 are prayers. uh, And they're prayers of a desperate man. Prayers of a man or of people who are being persecuted and they're crying out. Listen to some of this language, okay? Psalm 3, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Um, Psalm 4, answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Psalm 5, listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God. For you, to you I pray. Um, Psalm 6, Lord, 
Do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Psalm 7. Lord, my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me, for they will tear me apart like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. There are these desperate, desperate cries and prayers to God. And then suddenly we hit Psalm 8 and it's like, and it just changes tact. And, And in Psalm 8, we get this this hymn, this song of praise, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about the structure of it. And, then, and and we're going to see kind of why this psalm just suddenly appears here and what is going on here. And hopefully that's going to encourage us and feed us and help us uh, to maybe change trajectory in some of the things that we may be going through. So let's talk about the structure of of the psalm. Now, we've talked before, if you've been following online or been with us when we were meeting uh, before lockdown, um, you would have heard me talk about parallelism. Um, And that's this thing in Hebrew literature where there are various forms of it, but where two ideas are connected together, either kind of right after each other in a line. So line one, line two, then line three, line four, line five, line six, they're all connected together, like stepped parallelism. Or there's the parallelism where you get the beginning and the end match and then the next little bits match and the point is in the middle. It's hidden in the middle. That's the main thing. So it's this like pyramid of parallelism. Um, and that's what's going on here. It's often called a, a chiastic structure. And that's what this psalm has. And you'll notice that it begins and ends with exactly the same line. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And that's the first bit. And then as we step in from verses one and verses nine, we get the next little bit together uh, that goes together. So first off, then kind of the second half of verse one, verse one, part B through to verse three. And it says, you have set your glory in the heavens uh, through the praise of children and infants. You've established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. It's talking about the majesty of Yahweh, uh, the dominion of Yahweh over everything from the big, from the heavens to the small, to the infant and the child. Over the goods and the bad, even over the enemy, God has majesty, has dominion and rule and reign and his glory is over all of it. Like over the big and the small, over everything, our God reigns. Wow. And, and so this dominion of the Lord is linked up with this other section, verses six to eight, as you come in from the end of verse nine. And verses six to eight are talking about mankind. And it says, you made them, human beings, rulers over the works of your hands. In the Hebrew, uh, the word rulers there is, is dominion. Um, and essentially, this verse is saying, hey, you have given dominion to human beings um, over the things that you have made. Uh, I, I love translating this this verse like this. You have trusted to our hands the achievements of your hands uh, the things that you have made and achieved you've now entrusted to us like how incredible is that think for a moment of like a great artist maybe picasso paints this thing and then 
when it's literally finished, hands it to you and says, look after it, show it off, like put it in pride of place, take care of it. I'm trusting this to you. But on a way bigger scale, all of creation that God has created and he's put it under the feet of human beings and said, I'm trusting this to you. I'm giving you dominion. So we've got the the dominion of God. And then within that, God has given humanity a role. Within that, God has given dominion to human beings over the accomplishments, achievements, the the, the work and masterpieces of his own hands. He's trusted to human beings, which leads us then to the middle point, which is verses uh, four and five. And in this middle point, essentially, David just he just in awe and amazed and mesmerized and is just kind of freaking out about it. Like, what? What on earth? And the middle point, the point of all of this is like, whoa, God, like, what is mankind that, that, that you are mindful of him? Human beings that you would care for them, that like you give them a role within your creation? It goes on to say, you have made them a little lower than the angels. The word for angels there in the Hebrew is the word Elohim, literally meaning spiritual beings, uh, but most often translated to mean God, to mean God's God. You have made them a little lower than God, than these powerful spiritual beings than yourself. You have made them a little lower. Like, we're just dust, just dirt and breath that God merged together and, and you've set us just underneath yourself wow like wow it goes on to say you crown them with glory and and honor that the word used here for glory is the hebrew word kavod it literally means weight or significance it comes from the root word kavet which means a, a rich man weighed down by the gold in his pockets it's weight so kavod glory is weight or significance like human beings with dirt and dust dirt and dust and you have given them meaning and purpose weight and significance like mind blown wow god yahweh our god how majestic is your name in all the earth you have dominion over everything and and you've given human beings a role within that wow like wow god and and the the point of this the, the meaning of the psalm it's just lavish praise upon God. Like, who are you? Like, I'm in awe of you and what you have done and who you are. Lord, our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth? And so the question then is this. The question then is this. How did this author, probably David, how did David go from Prayer after prayer after prayer after prayer of crying out to his God to save him. Help me, God. Like I am persecuted. I am pursued. I am in trouble. I am downtrodden. Things are bad. Help me, God. How long, oh Lord, would it be? Help me, Lord. How did he go from that to changing tact and suddenly just declaring this song of praise and being in awe and wonder at his God? It goes back really to Psalm 1 verses 1 to 3. Let, let me read that to you. Blessed is the one 
who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. You see, the person who delights in the Lord, who dwells in him, who praises him. Remember last week, uh, we talked about worship leading us home. Worship being the language of love. Worship and praise being the thing that brings us into his presence. It draws us near to the place where we can delight in him. Those who worship him, who delight in him, they are like trees that are planted by water. They produce fruit in season and they do not wither. They are rooted deep. They are strong and firm and they do not wither. When the winds come, they stand. When the darkness comes, they still have their leaves. In season, out of season, they do not wither. There's strength in those who are planted in the Lord, who delight in him. When we worship him, we find our strength in him. And David's just realised that. Like, I'm crying out, I'm crying out. There's a place for crying out. But suddenly he's cried out so much. And then he just hits this point where he's like, I'm just going to look at you. I'm just going to declare who you are. Like, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. When I'm rooted in you, I find my strength there. I love this. I want to read to you just um, my own personal translation of, of the first two verses. And, and I've just done this by looking at the Hebrew words and looking at the various ways in which those words can be translated and pulling it together and just pulled up kind of my own translation of this. And and if you, uh, you've got an interlinear Bible or if you go on Google and search uh, interlinear Bible, you'll be able to find passages with all their original Hebrew words. You can click on them and you can see the different translations and meanings of those words and how they're translated differently in different passages. Um, and, and I encourage you to do that. It's, it's a great thing to do, to, to pick one, pick your favourite verse and go and have a look, have a go at doing it, have a go at translating it um, and see what meaning you pull out of it. But um, I've just translated it like this, and I want to read this to you. Verses 1 and 2. Yahweh, our master. So Lord in capital letters is, is the name of God, Yahweh. And, and, and it says, it says Yahweh are Adonai. And, and that can be translated Lord, or it can be translated master, or owner, or husband. Uh, but Yahweh, our master. And I've chosen that because of what comes next. And I particularly want you to think of like a, a master painter. Okay. Yahweh, our master. Magnificent and glorious are your fame and renown throughout the whole earth, throughout the land. You see, it, it says there, uh, majestic, and the Hebrew word can be translated magnificent, glorious, majestic. And, and it says name, but that can be translated fame and renown or name, a whole load of ways it can be translated from the Hebrew. But so Yahweh, our master, your fame and renown are magnificent and glorious throughout the land. You 
have painted your beauty and colour on the horizons and over the highest heavens. You have painted your beauty and colour on the horizons and over the highest heavens. Um, there are so many ways that it could have been translated. You've, you've generously given your beauty and colour. The word glory that's used here can be translated beauty, colour. We translate a whole load of different ways, but but you you've painted it, generously given it uh, to the horizons and the, over the highest heavens. And in children, even in those too young to speak. You have set a foundation of praise that is strength for the purpose of binding up and putting down the enemy. You have set a foundation of praise that is strength for the purpose of binding up and putting down the enemy. I love that last bit, that last translation in children, even in those too young to speak. You see what David is realizing as he says, reads this out, says this prayer, prays the words of this hymn. He is realizing, hey, God, you're in the big over the highest heavens, across the horizon, your beauty, your name, your fame and renown, your color is splashed everywhere, everywhere, even in the small, even in the child even in the child that is too young to speak. You see, David realises that, hey, this this praise, this isn't just something that intellectuals can do. God isn't just a God that can be uh, engaged with intellectually. That's why I say to you, church, reading the Bible is not an intellectual exercise. Sometimes we can enjoy doing that. And if, if you're minded like that, go for it. But but it's not all about that. Don't be don't be led to feel that you have to read it that way if you don't think like that. It's not an intellectual exercise. It's more than that. It's deeper than that. And David realises here, hey, children can do this. This isn't just an intellectual thing. This is not something that just kings or priests or rulers can do. No, no, no. This is something that even children can do. And not just children, but even children who, in one translation, it says even children who are nursing infants. The Hebrew is yunak, and it literally means to suck. It's why I went with the translation of even those too young to speak, because the image in the Hebrew is literally of a child with a breast in its mouth. It can't speak because all it's doing is taking, it's sucking, it's being fed. And yet even a child that is, has its mouth blocked up and it cannot speak and it's probably too young to speak. And all it does at that point in its life is take, take, take. Even that child can do this can praise God. So how is it that a child that cannot even form words can praise God? Well, for that, I want to go back to the very first word, Yahweh. And and I'm going to wrap up with this. Um, And I've maybe said this to you before, if you've heard this before, then I'm sorry, but I think it's worth coming back to again and again and again. The Hebrew word for the name of God is Yahweh. And we add the vowel sounds in. There's no vowel sounds in the original Hebrew. It's just four letters. Uh, Y-H-W or V-H. Y-H-V-H. And, and literally, uh, yod Hey vad Hey in the original Hebrew. yod Hey vad Hey, And that's the name that, that Moses heard when, when he met with God at the burning bush and said, Who shall I say sent me? And God says, Say I am. Say Yahweh. yod Hey vad Hey, And, and scholars, 
Scholars believe that it is possible that these four letters were never meant to be pronounced as a single word, Yahweh. Actually, these four letters, they believe, are actually the sound of breath itself. When you breathe out and breathe in and breathe out and breathe in, Yod, hey, the name of God is the sound of breath. Even a child that is not old enough to form words can speak and declare and praise the name of God. And when that child does that, there is strength in that name because that name, how majestic is that name in all the earth? That name is over the highest heavens and in the smallest child. That name is over all. That God has dominion over everything. He has dominion over the big and the small, the good and the bad, the beautiful and the seemingly messy and chaotic. He has dominion over it. And in his name, he has given human beings dominion. He has in trusted to our hands the things of his hands and given us that what is man that you are mindful of him lord you have crowned him with weight with meaning with significance with purpose you have given to us in that name the name that has power over all things and and i wanted to say that to you today because this is what, what i really want you to take from that David spent all this time crying out, Psalm 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. How long, O Lord, I am suffering here. I'm calling out to you. And then he realises that there's a change in tact to be had. Yeah, it's good to cry out. It's good to be honest and to recognise. But quite often that just helps us realise where we're at. It helps us realise our need, that we need to be caught up in him. And then he cries out, Yah. Way, Yod, hey, Vad, hey, our Adonai, how majestic, how excellent is your name in all the earth. You see, when we're facing trial and we've been facing suffering and persecution and difficult situations, whatever it is that you may be facing now or may yet to face, you see, even when you get to the point where you've run out of words, there are no more ways that you can think of to cry out for help, to call out to him. There is something that you can do. You can breathe. You can stop and you can breathe. And you can breathe out and breathe in the name of God. You see, even when you don't realise that you are speaking it, even when people don't say that they believe in God, Every breath is a declaration of his name. Every breath is praise. And in praise, there is strength because when we delight in him, we are rooted in him and we become like those trees that bear fruit in season and do not wither. Every breath is praise. There is power, there is life, there is hope, there is strength to overcome the enemy in the name of God. All you need to do is breathe. Yod, hey, fod, hey, yod, hey, fod, hey. Just breathe his name, breathe his praise. 
It is why the enemy hates life so much, why he hates humanity so much, why he tries so desperately to lead us into sin, which leads us to death. And why the psalmist starts out saying, hey, blessed is the one who doesn't walk in that way. Blessed is the one who meditates on the law of the Lord, who delights in him, who breathes in and out his name, because there is life and hope and strength strength and power to overcome the enemy. Church, as long as life goes on, as long as human beings breathe, then Yahweh is praised and there is hope and strength for us. Whatever you're facing, however long you've been crying out, maybe like David, you cried out psalm, prayer after prayer after prayer after prayer, and you were at that point where you are running out of words to pray into your situation. All you need to do is breathe. Stop and breathe. Yod, hey, vod, hey, yod, hey, vod, hey. Praise our God, for there is strength there. The Bible says that when we haven't got words, he has placed in us a spirit who groans and calls out with words beyond understanding. Lean on him. Trust in him. Lift your praise to him. What a God he is. What a God he is. Okay.